The Law Report with Michael Matwening Bell, Kaya FM 95.9. Good evening. My name is Michael Matwening Bell. It's good to be with you today. What are we doing tonight? We're talking about what we were talking about last week. You'll remember that last week we tackled issues relating to um, customary, uh, I beg your pardon, custody, um, access to your child, um, primary residence. But one thing happened is that we ran out of time and we couldn't take some of your questions. And tonight, as promised last week, we continue that discussion. So um, do dial in, do dial in timelessly. Number to dial 86 I look forward to engaging with you. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Matuening Bill. Thank you to Cindy Fansel. She's back again um, uh, tomorrow. So you can look forward to um, Dr. Cindy Fansel's show from Monday to Thursday. Uh, but for now, we're going to be continuing our discussion from last week. But I did promise last week that we're going to be introducing a different element. More and more conversations around mental illness are happening where, where this person and that person is saying, well, I suffer from this type of mental illness. And this one says, yeah, me too. And the beautiful thing about having mental illness in 2019 is that it's becoming something that we're quite okay to talk about. And I think that that is, is you know, a, a relief. I can imagine having issues of mental illness 20 years ago. Not even that. I mean, 20 years, I might be going too far. As recently as 10 years ago, it would have been a different scenario. But I think there's a lot of awareness. And I think there's a lot of people that are doing some amazing work to bring some of these issues to the fore and, and normalize it because it, it is quite a normal um, matter and we should be able to engage about it quite easily. But, but you know, so, so we never really then, in engaging these issues, never really tackled it from how does it relate insofar as issues of access to your child? Um, primary residence, does that even, can that be a factor in deciding who the child is to reside with? Um, but also, I mean, you might even take for granted that when I talk about mental illness in the context of custody of your children, we're talking about mental illness on the part of the parent, but it could also be on the part of the child. So, you know, and, and, I, and I think that that will be something I, I foresee as more and more of a conversation because as these things become, as we become knowledgeable about them, I think they do also become part of the everyday conversation. So that's what we're talking about in the Law Report. And as always, I do look forward to engaging with you and getting your calls as early as possible. Um, one of the problems about the show is that you do call in the 52 and don't call in the 52. Call in now, number to dial 86 and joined. Um, by my guest, he comes back from last week, Charles Mendelo. He's an attorney from Charles Mendelo and Associates. Charles, thank you so much uh, for joining us again. Thanks, Mike, and thanks for having me here. And hi, listeners. And as promised, we said we'd bring in a, a, a psychological aspect to this. Um, and um, uh, Dr. Tlengi Wezwani, a clinical psychologist. Uh, uh, Tlengi Wezwani, good evening, and thank you so much for, for joining us. Hi, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. And how are you? I'm fine. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure it, to join you today. Indeed. And, and I think that, you know, um, the role of clinical psychologists, even, you know, social workers in the context, yeah. I, mean, I mean, just the broad spectrum. I mean, there's clinical psychologists, there's family advocates, sort of bo- a broad spectrum of service providers or, or, mm-hmm. or, or, or disciplines. 
that that come into play when we're talking about children and and i think that oftentimes people think that it's a story between lawyers and lawyers fighting it out in a Mm. court Mm. but lawyers can never tell where the best interest of the child lie and 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 maybe you know just to start there i mean what what would a role of a clinical psychologist be in a context of i'm fighting with my wife over the custody or access to children so there's something you said a few minutes ago regarding how it it, it 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 involves a lot of professionals in terms of psychology, social workers, and lawyers. And I would like to look at it from a biopsychosocial kind of an approach, mm. where you know that um, with biological or medical elements, you've got psychological elements, you've got social elements. In that same structure, depending on what was happening during the marriage, what the child evidently saw or what the child actually experienced, there could be some biological impact of some sort that may have happened. Where biologically we may need doctors that are involved in all of that. Psychologically, there can be impact that may be there where you need psychologists as well as social aspects where you need social workers to involve in terms of the social interaction. Mm. But also, if you think about it, even with interacting with a child, we need to see how has the child been impacted psychologically? What are the things that are evident in terms of their behaviors, evident in terms of their conduct, evident in terms of how they are psychologically? Are they depressed? Are they anxious? What has happened? Mm. But just the last part that I just want to cover within that same spectrum, the status and the identity of the child can happen to be affected socially. Are they at school level? Are they in crash? What age group are they in? In terms of their developmental stage, how are they engaging with that thing? So you have a minor that can deal with a differently as compared to an adolescent that have identity issues that may deal with it differently. Mm. So I, I, I'm, Charles, if I could just bring you in, I mean, um, it, it's you know it, it is a fact that you know psychological factors are are more are becoming an everyday conversation more and more and people are more open about it um i are you finding that you know there is sort of an introduction to to the law a, a new introduction to the law as we knew it where before it was you know the obvious issues like this one abuses alcohol or this one abuses yeah. this substance straightforward has um, you could see it with it with your natural eye, uh, with your naked eye. Whereas psychological mm. issues are not so readily ascertainable, mm. and 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 therefore the disputes become more interesting and more complex. Yes, and just to echo what Dr. Zwadi said, mm. the Children's Act goes very very, which came into it's it's called the Children's Act of two thousand and five, but it actually became law in two thousand and eight. So it's mm. eleven years ago. Hmm. which is pretty much the timeline you said just now. <laughs> and it talks about a multidisciplinary approach. It talks hmm. about uh, very, it emphasizes a multidisciplinary approach. Hmm. Section seven, when it talks about best interests, hmm. gives a checklist. And hmm. one of the big ones on that checklist is uh, the special needs of the child the capacity of the parents to meet those special needs, which could be medical or psychological needs. And also that when it comes to parenting plans, um, first of all, there's got to be due consideration to the views of the child, which means the voice of the child. The amplifier 
for the voice of the child because children will say one thing to one parent and something to another parent is usually a psychologist or a social worker uh, at the family advocate's office they interview children that interview is conducted by the social worker and um, the uh, approach is rather to what they call a child-centric approach, rather to arrange the parents around the child than to arrange the child around the parents, mm. which yeah. usually means a holistic assessment by a professional like Dr. Zwani as to what is happening in this child's life. It talks about the age and maturity of the child, and you can have a 10-year-old child who's got the maturity of a 30-year-old, and you can have a 30-year-old who's got the maturity of a 7-year-old child. <laughs> and those kind of skills, um, very strongly mandated by the court process, by the, by the Children's Act, um, require the special skills of Dr. Zwani, psychologists, social workers, because then you actually cannot do child law today mm. without bringing on board that wide range of multidisciplinary skills. And, and are you finding, uh, Dr. Zwani, that this thing is becoming prominent? In other words, you know, in your everyday practice, are you having to deal um, with, with some of these issues? If you've just tuned in, I'm, yes. I'm having a conversation with Charles Mendelo. He's an attorney from Charles Mendelo and Associates, as well as uh, Dr. Sengi Zwani, clinical psychologist. And we're talking about... Um, matters that relate to your children, issues of custody, uh, 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 access to your child. And, and I say custody deliberately because, you know, um, the, 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 the modern term may not be readily as understood or, in fact, the, the term that is in the Children's Act, it may not be, be understood. But we all just grew up talking about, about custody as opposed to primary residence. But, but primary residence and custody are the same thing. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's what we're talking about. And I think a lot of you might be thinking, hang on, you know, my husband or my wife knows that I have this issue um, and I'm worried that they'll use it against me. And, and, and mm. when we're fighting about children or, or in fact, you know, my child has this issue and I think I'm the better parent to, to deal with it. And, and this is how I've dealt with it in my, in, in my divorce or in my fight for primary residence. So if, if you are that parent, if you are that aunt and, and you're wondering how you can get help, do give us a call. Number to dial 86 In your everyday practice, Dr. Zwan, are you finding that these are, you know, more and more the issues at play? Um, um, you know, before you'd, you'd, you'd read a case uh, that says this one gambles too much and that's the problem. And that's some, something that presents outwardly. But, but the, these more complex things, is that increasingly becoming the, the, the kind of the, the nature of your practice, as it were? Yes, yes. You, you, can, you can call me Shenyu. Yes. So most of the time um, you find that one party and... I think the attorney can also agree with me this with this. The person that filed the divorce or that's the that's more keen on the divorce may have had a more prepared time to process it and think about it and mm. and they may have a different angle on how they are feeling psychologically. So when the two parties, the the the, the parents come into the practice for example, you may find that, that other person is still going through shock and a whole lot of emotion because the second person that is receiving the information is overwhelmed and all over the place. My first part is how does now the, the, the couple as a unit 
as parents to the child, go back and present a front that will still be at the best interest of the child. Mm. So you're struggling with two individuals that are overwhelmed with information, whether one is against a divorce or whatever. That's where anger, if you think of the five stages of loss, divorce is similar because they go through all those emotions of, if sudden, there's anger, there's denial, there's bargaining, there's all these type of things that come in that then gets to be sent as raw data or raw emotion to the child. So bargaining comes in when now you're going to try and get one child to be on your side, to try and win the father or the mother, whoever the person that is filed for divorce. But while you're doing all those things, are you still keeping the best interest of the child, yes or no? Mm. So that's where we come in as professionals and where attorneys come in to say that keep their mind, the child's interest at heart because that's what the Children's Act says. But we are now dealing with a person that's overwhelmed with emotion overwhelmed with shock, denial of did actually my marriage, is it actually falling apart in front of me? So our part is to allow the child to have a voice. I like the multidisciplinary approach because we still need a child to have their own individual voice in the breaking of this marriage as part of a unity. Mm. If, if you think, um, Charles, about, for example, a, fight, a custody fight in, you know, between man and woman, Speaking for myself, for example, I grew up living with my mother and there was sort of a discussion and as you understand the law evolving where it is said that the women no longer enjoys preference over the over the man. Is that is that so really in practice in in, in your experience? Does that are, are both parents do both parents stand an equal chance at at at, at primary residence? The the playing fields are a lot more level than they've ever been. Mm. Uh, there's an interesting case. It's called Vivier versus Vivier, where the judge said a father can be just as good a mother mm. as <laughs> the mother. So already it's a kind of uh, oxymoron because it's. It's, the measuring stick <laughs> is the mother. It's like a, a, a Rolls Royce. <laughs> but you, you can't be a Rolls Royce. If, but yeah. what there's a strong direction, and it actually works quite well. Sometimes we touched on it last week. Is that this type of arrangement of a shared res- residency? Mm. So the the playing fields are level, but if there's going to be a shared residency, it's got to be in a child friendly way. Mm. And yeah. interestingly enough, the the, the research says that what uh, makes it successful or otherwise is the degree of acrimony between parents. If there's bad acrimony, shared residency becomes quite traumatic for the children. Mm. If there's a good relationship, it can work quite well. Mm. I, I want to get a I want to get a, <laughs> a, a a perspective from a psychologist on this very question because I think a lot of men out there might be sitting and think yeah you know I'm, I I'm at a disadvantage for for this and the other reason but before I explore that I don't want to hog my guests um, I want to take the calls I'm having a discussion with Charles Mendelow uh, from Charles Mendelow and Associates as well as Thing where she's the uh, Thing is one and she's a clinical psychologist and we're talking about issues of primary residence we're talking about access to children but with something of an emphasis on mental illness or even just wellness, mental wellness of parents. So if you have any calls like Mbali, do you give us a call? 86 0059 Mbali from Pumalanga. Hello. Yes, uh, this is Mbali. And I'm originally from Pumalanga, but I have a brother who lives in Johannesburg in the Springs area. Mm. 
and really, I disagree with the expert when they say that there's a level playing field. It's absolutely not correct. Sure. My brother's ex-wife took him to court, and basically now we're dealing with the case of parental alienation. He's not seen his kids for over a year, all because his ex-wife was upset with whatever they were disagreeing on uh, with regards to the kids. He had by then moved on with his life, gotten a new partner, and she basically went to court and said, you know, that she felt as though she couldn't trust him with the kids on no basis at all. So for me, it's as though my brother then um, chose to represent himself, which I think was a good thing because a year later with lawyer's fees would have been absolutely diabolical on his finances, particularly after a divorce. But what I'm saying is that there are a lot of lower courts who do not put the father's rights um, in the forefront. They allow the mothers to do whatever they want, say whatever they want, make whatever accusations, and just the social worker visits just to see where the father lives has took, I think it took over 11 months. That's unacceptable. So for me, what I'm asking is, is parental alienation something that is very much um, known in the legal community, particularly in the lower courts? Is it something that the courts are trying to address? Because a lot of fathers are getting alienated from their children while the mothers of these children try and sort out personal issues through the courts. Charles, you you want to you want to get a, yeah. a, a go at that? Yeah. Uh, I think Look, maybe you, you know um, you can. Parental well. alienation has become a serious serious problem, and oddly enough, there are those that say that um, it hasn't been helped because of the Children's Act, because there's a strong emphasis on the voice of the children. So parents very often get involved in indoctrinating children, so yeah. that the children say the right things. Now, um, someone like Glenwi or a, a good psychologist will pick it up. But yeah. there's also another side to it. There are thousands of fathers out there who don't show adequate introspection regarding their own role in mm. terms of a damaged relationship. Mm. And they're very liberal with their accusations of parental alienation. Mm. And so the skills that are needed, and that's where Glenway and psychologists and social workers come into it, is to do a proper assessment. Is this parental alienation? Is this uh, a case of a parent unjustly accusing the other parent for his or her own deficiencies in parenting? Or is this the normal or, you know, and sometimes tragic fallout of, mm. of conflict which isn't adequately or properly managed. Mm. Mm. But it's a big part of the landscape and they're very seldom court papers today in, 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 in acrimonious divorces that don't make mention of parental alienation. It's very much part of the scenery. And, 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 and I could be wrong uh, um, on this. Um, and I think to the call, and I'm, and I'm sorry that you, you, you're, no, you're no longer on the line. But this is just a personal thing, and I could be wrong. So I'm not speaking as a lawyer. But I think oftentimes when you are my sister and I'm the male, I would... I would tell you what I'd like you to believe. So I won't say to you, you know, I I didn't bother to to do this to call my child for six months, um, or I didn't bother to do to. 
give any kind of care to my child. I, I dumped the child. You know, that it's, it's, it's sort of, and, and I think maybe, and I'm not just talking to, to, you know, to the caller. I don't know your situation, but I, mm-hmm. I guess one thing that I, I have experienced in my observation of, of human beings is that we're too quick to defend the boyfriend and the husband. Mm-hmm. And often that the people that come to the defense of the boyfriend and the husband are the females from the, the, that family to say, you know, or, you know, like, and, I, and I'm saying the introspection shouldn't be, and, and Charles pointed out an introspection from the men's point of view, but also when, when we support the men in our families, let's also introspect and say, do I have all the facts before I, I get into the bandwagon of, um, you know, the, the mother of the child is alienating my brother? What what efforts have I made as the aunt, as the mother, and 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 just in case I appear to be critical to the the female relatives, it goes to all the relatives. Mm. If I'm the uncle and my brother is being alienated, in my view, what effort have I made to say, well, I'm still the uncle, um, former mm. um, former sister-in-law or former uh, girlfriend of my brother? Can I reach out and you know? Get a get a different view. Can I reach out to my to my niece? And 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 I think that's what's missing. And and that's just my observation. Um, so let's let's introspect both ways. Let's take a break. And when we come back, Charles, I see your call. Uh, Taneg, I see your call. Uh, we're back after this. Know your rights. Know the law. The law report with Michael Matuining Bill. Welcome back. I'm in conversation with clinical psychologist Tlengi Wezwani as well as attorney Charles Mendelo. And we're having a discussion about children and your rights or their rights vis-a-vis you. That is parental responsibility, your rights and responsibility towards your child and access to a child. Um, any questions you have for any of my guests, do give us a ring. Number to dial 086-00-0959. You can also hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Mutoning Bill. That's my Twitter handle. Let's go back to the lines and have a chat to Tandega. Good evening. Hi, good evening. How are you? I'm well, Tandega. How are you? Tandega? Okay, your line failed us. We'll come back. We'll come back in to you shortly. Debato from, from, is that Kempton Park? Hello. Hi, how are you, Michael? I'm well, Debato. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I am a mother of two children, but the question is mostly around my youngest child. Mm-hmm. Um, his father and I were never really in a relationship. Relationship isn't the formal uh, definition. And mm-hmm. he lives in another country. Mm-hmm. We are in a constant conflict. And we... He, he does contribute in terms of um, the care mm-hmm. of the child. However, the challenge is um, in terms of parenting or co-parenting, there's very little interest. And I'm just wondering what can I do as, as a parent to deal with the situation, with this situation, because he refuses to call the child, he refuses to, you know, to participate as a parent towards mm. the child. Okay. All right. So, so we we dealt with this, but it was literally last week from an attorney's point of view. But I'm I'm interested to to hear what Singi with what what with thinks about this. Okay, and um, you know, Tibato, I want to say sorry that that is happening to your child. How old is your child? <laughs> she's still with us on the line. Yeah. 
Uh, Devato, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm back on the line. Mm-hmm. How, how old is the child? The child is 14 months old. Oh, 14 months old. Oh. So the child is still young. So yeah, at the moment, the child is not necessarily aware as much, but maybe is. So you're the one who's aware. The reason I'm asking the age of the child is because based on the development of the child and the stage that they are in, they are aware of how their parents are interacting with them or see the emotional lack of it and all of that. So what I'm trying to get to from your side is the best interest of the child. You want the best for your child, I believe. That's why you want all of those things. Unfortunately, we can't force people to be involved in a particular way in our children's life, even though we want that. The first rule of thumb is best interest of the child. You don't want to bring somebody that doesn't want to be emotionally present and cause more harm. You don't want to bring somebody that doesn't really care but wants to financially present himself as a financial dead. I don't know if I'm putting Mm, it right, mm, but mm. as somebody that just wants to pay the bills and cover all the costs. First thing that I will ask you to consider doing is sit down with him and ask him what is his engagement and how is he wanting to be a father in your child's life. So that it's Uh clear, the rules of engagement are clear. Are you going to be giving money or are you going to be emotionally present? If he Uh says emotionally present and to you it doesn't look like it, how does he define emotionally present and how do you define it and where's the the, the, the conflict in that? Mm. So that we are all on the same page in terms of what is invested to do and what is not. Therefore, you will then be the gatekeeper in your child's life to protect your child. My favorite thing, best interest of the child. Mm. So that you protect your child from emotional hurt from this person that doesn't want to or that has empty promises. That one would be your role because you are the present parent. You can be a hundred percent parent with or without him, and then teach your child to feel content with or without him. And and, and you know that's the, that's sort of the best advice I've ever you know heard. But but one one thing that concerns me, Sengiwe, is mm. um, how do you do that? How do you carry out that advice without making the other partner or the other party feel like? They are being judged or they making them feel the need to be defensive. Yes. So firstly, you deal with yourself Mm. and find out within yourself if there's anything in you that is actually maybe you're still angry or there's some expectation that you had in mind, like an ideal picture that you are losing. So this is how I've pictured it to happen. And then when you're going to him, you're going with a fight. So your own energy when you're presenting the situation, the phrasing of words, the presenting of the situation should clearly be to the best interest of the child, not because this is what ideally I had. Mm-hmm. If it means you go for your own specific therapy where you deal with things that have been lost in communication or how ideally you wanted it and it's not, then you do that. How do I now go back to present it to him? It should never be a fight. Mm-hmm. You can't force a person. It should be done out of the best interest of the child, even in how you're communicating it. I mean, obviously, um, Michael, you can't really protect somebody. If they want to be defensive, they can. But mm-hmm. I like Dibat to be self-validated in her own space to know that when I go to the dad 
best interest of the child. I'm going there as a mother advocating for my child, not because I'm advocating for my anger or my frustration or I want to show my disappointment. My mm. disappointment. No, it should be about the child. And if it's mm. about the child, it will be done calmly. And, and, I, and I like, you know, what I like mostly about your advice is mm. she's saying to the, to the partner or the father, pick a color. Yeah. Are you going to be red? Yeah. Are you going to be green? Are you going to be blue? And, it, and whatever color you choose, that's how we're going to play this game. So if you say, yeah. I just want to be financially available and nothing else, then you've picked a color and mm-hmm. I will then work within the confines of, of, what you, what, of the color that you've chosen to make sure that I give the, my child the best life. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and I think just to, you know, you made the point, Charles, last week about you can't force a horse to drink water. And, yeah. and that's, that's quite right, isn't it? And it ties mm. up nicely with this psycho- psychological point of view that says, well, make, them, you know, make the horse pick a color. You know, does it want to mm. have, yeah, does, how does it want to have its water? And then we just mm. work around that. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. Good, very good. Very good question. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Tandeg, I hope you got mm, a better you. line. Hello. Hello. Hi. You got much better one. Let's go for it. Yeah. Yes, my two quick questions. Mm. I'd like to find out. I've got a daughter, and then I got married. So um, my baby daddy actually was not in the picture, but after like three years of being married, and then he cut me down. So he started harassing my family and wanting my contact details. Of which eventually they gave him. He got hold of me, and then he said that he wanted access to the child. He didn't. Me and my husband, we didn't have any issues. And then he started um, threatening us in terms of taking us to court. He did eventually take us to court. I attended the court and then I asked he actually asked that my family can have access to the child and then we had the parenting plan. So from February then, um, he only made uh, one payment that he agreed on and then ever since then he so much disappeared. Mm-hmm. I haven't gone back to court to, re- uh, to, re- to report that he has disappeared on us because I'm really worried that I'm going to go and find him and he's still going to cause the misery because he, he was the one who came to us and saying that he wants to see the child but mm. he has now disappeared. Mm. So uh, I, I don't want to deny him the access but I don't want to to, to involve him in my daughter's life if with his bad, bad behavior or this disappearing act. Mm. So then we decided that we actually would like to adopt my husband and I, uh, my husband wants to adopt my child because when we got married, you know, the Mm-hmm. So, first question is how do we go about um, adopting my husband, adopting my, my, my daughter? Mm-hmm. The second question is for my stepdaughter uh, in terms of mental illness. I found about two, three letters at home. Like the first letter was found at her mother's place, the second letter was also found at her mother's place, and then he decided that she's going to take him for her to stay with us. And then about three months ago, she also wrote the third letter saying that now she, she wants to commit suicide. But luckily, I found the letter immediately. I didn't go to work and then I took her to hospital. I actually struggled, but eventually at I managed to find out the hospital for her. She was admitted for 21 days. But on the 14th day, the psychologist, like the medical team, decided that now that's ready for her. that her mother wants us in terms of he would say that I'm um, hitting her 
Listen, we, we're losing in the second one. Um, don't go. Let's hold on see the line if can improve. Charles, can I invite you to take the first question around um, how does the, the stepfather adopt the child? And, and there's an interesting di- dynamic here because when, the, uh, the, when she was being married customarily, there was also the payment of, it's not damages, you, she, the, the stepdad married the mother with the child. And there's that dynamic. So it's not a, you know, it's not just a case of civil marriage where somebody wants to say, I want to adopt only. There's, there's, there has already de facto been an adoption customarily. And how do you then make sure that that has some legal uh, support or foundation? So adoptions under these circumstances are not going to be too easy. Yeah. Um, I think your strategy has been a very wise one. Of if he's disappeared, you know, let the sleeping let dog the lie. Sli- literally, let the <laughs> let the status quo prevail. The longer it prevails, he can't then just arrive on the scene and make demands. Mm. But I think it's very important that you keep a diary, so mm. that you've got dates when last he saw. Keep a record of the interactions, so that and. Uh, um, and, and let the picture develop. Yeah. It's not going to be too easy to adopt. But what you can do is your new husband can apply for parental responsibilities and rights uh-huh. without necessarily taking away those of his. Right. And in fact, it's a recognized relationship that very often step-parents, I think we had one in our show last week. Indeed, yeah. yeah but but I've never quite from this point of view. I mean, you know, we always talk about step-parent without reference often to the natural or biological parent. But in this case, the biological parent is semi in the picture where it's not just adopting kind of, uh, you know, where no, you are. So, it's, so it's, this it's, one is, is, is it's, particularly it's interesting it's to me. It's different, mm. it's difficult. And I think you've just got to see how the picture develops. Mm. Um, I think you can be quite firm that just coming up and popping up mm. and then shattering the child's stability yeah. by, first of all, disappointing him when you don't involve yourself and then building up hopes when he does, it's not fair to a child. Mm. And yes. you could put your foot down on that and say, this yes. is not on. And uh, I think... Uh, uh, you know, I think that Klingiwa can also mm. give a lot of input. input on but but this. before before we we, we go to Klingiwa, the, the other point, I mean, I thought what you're proposing is good because doesn't it serve as a building block to an ultimate discussion about adoption? So if I've applied for parental rights and responsibilities in 2019, don't I have something of a better chance to kind of show a history of involvement maybe in 2025? Um, when now I have to now fight against the father. In other words, right, p- applying for parental rights and responsibilities doesn't necessarily take anything away from the natural father, mm. but 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 um, uh, adoption does essentially, and and doesn't that become a nice building block in the future? Something along those lines could work. Mm. Another thing is interestingly enough. There is provision in the Children's Act that you can have an adoption where the father still has contact with the child. Mm. It can actually be part of it. So an adoption is no longer, 
usually it is, but it doesn't have to be mm. a zero-sum game. So what that means in that scenario, I mean, that makes perfect sense. So what it means is that if the d- decisions in relation to the child has to be made, you don't have to refer to the biological father. But if the father says, I'd like to spend a Saturday with the child, sure, go for it. But we can decide to go live in Australia with the child without it, reference to you. Um, and it all depends on, you know, the more absent the father, mm. the stronger your hand. Indeed. So, it's, so there, there you got quite a few options. Um, I think well, you want to weigh in on that issue or, or shall we deal with the other issue that, you, that, that, that was raised um, by the caller? Unfortunately, we did as the line progressed. We had a, yeah. we had a, a tougher line. And that yeah, was in relation to her child, mm, or yes, stepchild. Mm. So, so, so that was secondary. Sure. Like a second yes, so it was quickly, indeed. Let me just weigh in on this one. Um, I, I, I really think there's something that Charles said, and I agree with 100%. She has to put her foot down in terms of being the doorkeeper. Remember being previously when we speak of um, stop nonsense in the townships or wherever, it was because we build around to protect the yard, to protect the property or the compound. Mm. So when you have one entrance, rules are the same in terms of within this compound, within this angle, how does the father, whether it's the biological, who comes in, they shouldn't come on the side and when they want to jump up, they must all come through the same rules. So in the meantime, we can pause all visitation until father has clearly decided what does he want and how does he want to relate. And I will not communicate or have my child be put in jeopardy Mm. because you're still trying to figure out whether you're in or out. Mm. Pick a color. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I think we still had Tandega. Um, yeah. uh, we, we, it, uh, as the line progressed, we had a, we had a, a sort of a not so good line and you were still telling us about, about your stepchild. And, and I think where the line was lost clear is that she had a note and then, and she had a note at her mother's house and then one note yeah. at, your, at your house and then you yeah. rushed her to the hospital and then she was admitted for 21 days. Yes, mm. yes, but on the second weekend, then the, the medical team said that, you know, they wanted to discharge it. And then I said, no, guys, like, I can still see the signs. She's not well. Mm. Because, like, I know her, by this time, like, I've, I've stayed here with, like, close to a year. So her behavior is still not changed. So on the third day, the third day before she must come and test her, we asked her if she can just have a conversation with the medical team. Okay, the line just keeps on disappointing us. I did hear the gist of it. We're going to give it one more shot after the break, and after that, we'll just answer what we can. But when we come back, just try to be crisp in your question before the line fades on us. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're taking more of your calls. Number to dial 86 We're back. Know your rights. Know the law. The Law Report with Michael Mitzuning Bill. Welcome back at 16 minutes before 9 o'clock. We're having a discussion talking about um, custody to your children, uh, parental responsibilities, um, uh, who gets to live with the child. But there's another nuance about mental illness. What role does that play and what does the law say about that? Does it even play a role when we're deciding who is to live with the child? So if you uh, have any questions for my guest, the Charles Mandela or Sengyu Ezwani, you can give us a call by dialing 086-00959. All right, we're going to have one more go at it, Tanega. Crisply, what is the question? So we got the story. What What is the crisp question? Okay. Hmm. The, I believe that my stepdaughter has mental illness. 
So what has happened is when she came back, she was okay in terms of the behavior and cleaning a room and not trying to cut herself. And now she went back to her old self again. So my major concern, and it's a really, really big concern, is that the side she picked her thing for the weekend and went back to her mother's family. So uh, I, I, I don't know what to do anymore, but I'm just scared that where she's in an environment where it's not structured, there's no rules or chores. She tends to be the social media person. She makes boys take makeup. Okay, but you need to give me your Chris question because your line keeps on disappointing us. Otherwise, we're not going to deal with it. What is your question? How do my daughter, the one that wants to commit suicide, yes. how do I help her? Because she's been admitted to hospital, but still, the behavior doesn't change. Right. And doctor. now, like, yeah, when she's staying with her mother's family, she's going back to her old self again, like where the, the source of the problem is. So how do we save her? Yeah, you know, I, I, I can sort of, it's, it's, it's sort of a tough thing where you, you're feeling like you're helpless and you want to help. And it seems like a very difficult position she finds herself. Can you wear? Yes, I, I think, I mean, without really getting involved with the diagnosis and, and measuring it, there can be a lot of things that she's struggling with. Mm. And given the fact that there are two different families, there's the part where she's a child on their side and there's that side. In my experiences, uh, Michael and Mike, and my my, my 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 history of working with this type of work, there's a lot of things that could be happening internally that child inside the child. I first want to know how old the child is. Tanya yeah. is actually a teenager. I mean, let's get that. I mean, I, I was curious to myself. Tanya, how old is she? Oh, Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah, wow. I, I was yeah. expecting just around that age. So that age is very, very, very confusing for a child in terms of self-identity and identifying with the rules and also getting to know herself. But obviously, and and maybe let me ask her, this, Tanega, how how long ago did her parents separate, if at all they were ever together? No, yeah. they were like when she was about like four, five years. Okay, all right. But okay. the dad has has always been in, in in her in her life. It's sure. just that when she wants to behave, she can. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I, I interrupted Dr. Singer just to squeeze yeah, in those so, two so, questions. So just to ask, to, to continue asking with what um, Michael was on, mm. how you said she was four or five, and how long have you been in her life? As a couple, father, her father and you being in her life with her. How long has that been? Four years. Four years. Okay, so you came in her life when she was 11? Yes, yes. Okay. So, I mean, that's a very, very tricky time for you to come in. Is your relationship great? I, I'm trying to speak as fast as I can. Is, is it a great relationship? Yeah, it, was, it was very good. It only started changing, it, like, from July this year. In terms of My your talk, like, your your room and the dishes, then she started being rebellious. Mm. Okay. Some of those things are based on the developmental stage, teenagers. I'm not saying that she is being a teenager. I'm saying some of those things could have happened even if there was no stepmothering and all of that sure. and different families. However, we cannot minimize it just to that. We need to also acknowledge that she may be struggling with distress tolerance, like tolerating distressing emotions inside her. But we need to find out what is causing those emotions inside. She may be struggling with emotional regulations, which may be personality-based, you are not there in her development and attachment styles in terms of before you came into the picture. I would recommend that she continues in therapy. Most of the time when people are admitted for 21 days, 
it is very, very difficult for us as professionals to cover everything in 21 days. Whether it's 14 days or 10, it's difficult. It's continuous work that is needed with her. That's the first part, that you cannot help in terms of that part. She needs a professional. Your part now with your husband is how do you now establish rules and boundaries within family, but also keeping her best interest at heart, and also in the other side of the family, where I recommend you may need family meetings or family therapy or family joint meetings where you can be able to establish how she's treated at this side and how rules are on the other side. And, and, and maybe the other question, not how, what the relationship is like between um, herself, that, 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 that is Tandeka, the mm-hmm. husband, in relation okay. to the mother, the biological mother. In other words, yeah. are you guys having a good relationship or um, are you both sending different signals? That no, it's different signals in a way that from us, she only just wants the money. She doesn't care if the, the child attends school or transport. But I mean, is, 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 is there... Is, I, I mean, the same way you can, you can advise, yeah. is there... You know, sometimes we look at fixing the other and we don't fix the self. Um, is, yeah. is, is, is this maybe not something that needs to be fixed at that level? Because often I find that yeah. the child is herself confused um, and is growing and is facing all of these dynamics. And when she looks up and she looks outwardly, she sees even more confused surroundings by yeah. way of the parents yeah. where they sending signals. They are probably saying not so great things about each other. And 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 I, and I say essentially having different philosophies themselves around how to raise a child. Mm, mm, mm. But, uh, Mike, if it is just coming there, mm. you know the problem is mm. like with her mother. Her mother is abusive to her because the reason why we took her, her mother was sitting her, bashing her, throwing out of the house. So that's when we went to the police station and then we signed the affidavit that please can we have the child? So. We agreed that even, even at court, we agree we might the statement that we want the child. So with her now, it's for for her to be with us. She even like we used to be very close with her. She'll very like confide in me, give me hugs, and tell me that she loves the way we love her and the structure and the commitment, attending the school meetings and all that. Mm-hmm. The problem is she's addicted to social media. So as soon as you start being a parent in terms of can you study together, like when I'm doing my assignments and all of that. So it's daddy, me and herself. So we study. But then next week when I say, let's do something else, like maybe going out and then coming back to the because she failed the whole of the mm-hmm. year. So mm-hmm. as soon as, the thing is when you show her too much love, she takes advantage. And as soon as you try to bring it back in terms of scaling, let's, let's see your books. How are you doing and all of that. Then she starts, you're not my mother. I hate you. I don't want yeah. to. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to come back from school. I'm going to just walk and you guys are not going to. So that's when I found the letter. And then I'm like, no, I need to save you. So the hate that you have for us and the killing, the killing cut is the one that actually breaks my heart because of course. I've tried to do, you know, normally the stepmothers are bad, but like I've run out of ideas. And, so, and the dad now is almost giving up in terms of after done everything that a father can do for you and she just said you know what just leave me alone I'm going and then she took the things and left mm. so, so sometimes the she present the mom they don't know the they don't know the history so I'm scared that if they're going to give her own room and I don't know what might happen like okay. uh, I'm afraid it's right now because I'm, I don't know I'm just scared they, they, there is a program called step program it's 
What what program? A step program. Step. So a lot of yeah, step. A, step. S-T-E-P. S-T-E-P. Okay. So it's a program that a lot of hospitals or practitioners offer where they help parents in terms of how to parent certain children uh. that are difficult. I think it might be very useful for you to consider something like that so that you know how to handle her. Because sometimes it's a message so she acts in particular ways based on the internal things that are going on, but she's trying to receive love. She's looking for love, acceptance. Yeah. She's looking for identity and belonging. All of those emotions, how she's using those um, ways may be resulting in being angry or frustrated or feeling powerless, but she may be feeling those and actually expressing herself in a different way that you don't like. Mm-hmm. But if you are empowered in terms of parental counseling of how do you deal with her, then you'll be calmer, then you'll be in a right state of involving the mom or no, knowing how to create boundaries regarding how she parents and how the two of you as a father and the stepmom are parenting her. We're taking your calls, number to dial 86 Debato, you want to have a second bite at the cherry? Hello again. Hi, mm. uh, thank you for taking my call again. I just want to find out, um, how do I, do I have an option to relinquish uh, my child's father? Is, do I have an option to relinquish his uh, parental rights? Um, and, and, and how do I go you, about How, how do you mean? I mean, um, there's clearly no interest uh, with regards to co-parenting the child. Right. Oh, you mean like withdraw from the co-parenting agreement? Yes. Okay. He's not interested at all. Um, he, he keeps on saying he is interested, but there is no action that shows that he is. But he's not South African and doesn't live in South Africa. So how do I, do I even have an option to, to relinquish his rights? Mm. There are provisions in the Children's Act to terminate parental responsibilities and rights. Um, what you've described might add up to a case that would justify it. But, you know, I always think that let it go by default. Yeah. In other words... Let it have a natural death. Let it die naturally. Mm. Because the minute you start these kind of proceedings, then he starts waking up and getting active. Mm. And the longer it goes, the the... the the less say he gets. So, so is a short answer not this? He can't wake up in five years and say, oh, we had a parenting plan. I got to see the child on a Wednesday. I'd like to see the child. So mm-hmm. at that point, you can do um, what Lenyu has been saying. You can be the gatekeeper and say, well, no. And then he can waive the parenting plan. And you say, I don't recognize that. And then he would then have to go to court and say, for whatever reason, you are in default. Is, is that the problem it? you sometimes have? Is these sort of blokes then mm. suddenly go to the police, and there's a provision in the Children's Act that if you deny access, yeah, it's a criminal offence. Where there's a parenting plan, not just yeah. generally. Well, no, no. The mm. minute there's parental responsibilities and rights, yeah, uh, whether there's a document, but in so by, from a court, I'm trying to distinguish between a scenario where this bloke says, oh. You're not giving me parental rights and responsibilities. I'm going to go to the police. I'm just trying to distinguish well, that. Well, if he from goes to the police, what you've got to do is you'd be well served to get in first by going to the children's court mm. to ask the court to um, terminate his rights. And you'd set out an affidavit. So if the police come, you can show them the document. Mm. The attitude of the police is very much when you've got something pending in a court... They're not going to get involved. Yeah. 
Um, So if he starts reappearing, and this is the beauty of the children's courts, is you can put in those applications very quickly. Ah. And uh, my experience, by and large, with children's courts has been a pretty positive one. So uh, if he starts appearing, you could, there are remedies that are available. Um, but if he's not appearing and he's in another country, I would let things die a natural death. Mm. Yeah, and also just quickly on, on that issue, you need to ask yourself, why are you taking the rights? Because you don't want to find it to be your personal reasons and you don't want your child one day wake up saying, you actually stopped it. You didn't want me to be involved, my father to be involved. So it should be clearly to the best interest of the child when you're stopping those. And and, and maybe to your point, Lingo, because I didn't quite consider it in a manner that you are. Isn't he, you know, the fact that he doesn't live in South Africa, so it's not like, you know, this one lives in Deep Kloof and this other one lives in Orlando and this one doesn't see the other. It's, it's, It's acknowledged that the, the the man doesn't live in South Africa and therefore access or visits are probably not going to be as regular as as yeah. one would expect is, is that not a factor and and maybe Tibats, if I can bring you in I mean where does he where does he live in which country is he from and he how lives, often does he come to South Africa he lives in the United States and he has been to South Africa once um, you know yeah. to see the child yeah Okay, but I mean, I, 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 are you not taking that into account? I mean, you know, I, is, is he not, you know, is he, is he not in his context? In other words, take my example about Deep Blue Forlando. Um, that's a different context. You have a very unique context. And um, the parenting plan, I don't know what it said. What did it say and how did it breach it? Very quickly. Well, the parenting plan speaks about, you know, that he have he has access. And okay, but how was he going to exercise it quickly? Well, um, we were talking about he visits home at least once or twice a year. Yeah. Yeah, so he's allowed to have access. But there's no effort in terms of connecting at all. With like the no Skype phone calls? No, no. No type, no, no, no communication? It, it, it's more to, uh, directed towards me. But I'm I'm a How non-spec- old is your child? He's 14 months 14 old. Months. Oh, okay. But I mean, <laughs> it's it's a little bit of a tough one. You um, can video yeah. call. You can video I, call. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. But I think maybe have context in mind in 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 the I criticism do. because I mean that 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 when when you elect to have a baby with somebody who's from another country, these are the natural dynamics that that play themselves Correct. out. Um, I wish I had more time. I don't. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining us. And and I really hope we get to chat again. Yes, I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Charles, as well. Thanks. Thanks, Charles, as always, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Afropolitans, thank you so much. Uh, We're back again next Wednesday. For me, Michael Mutoni and Bill, good night. That was The Law Report with Michael Mutwining Bill. Kaya FM 95.9.